This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Good Monday to you. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast. I'm Sean Kelly, and we welcome you into Studio B of the Osher Sports Performance Center. Feels like fall down here in New Orleans today. Kind of nice. And a pretty good weekend for Saints and Tigers fans, that's for sure. New Orleans wins yesterday, 52-38. to We've got a lot to dissect and pull apart from that win over the Lions. And certainly, uh, congratulations to LSU. They had a big win at home, obviously, over 10th-ranked Auburn. So I think a lot of folks are in a pretty decent mood here on this uh, first day of the work week. So today, a lot of Saints stuff. We'll touch on Pelicans here in a moment, but a lot of Saints stuff today. Obviously, 52-38 to was the final yesterday. Obviously, Drew Brees went over 55,000 yards passing as New Orleans Saint. The Saints also scored three defensive touchdowns for the first time in franchise history uh, in a game. Uh, there's a lot of remarkable things about yesterday, but also a lot of things that made you scratch your head a little bit, uh, things you could pick at. Certainly, Coach will, that's for sure. Quarterback Drew Brees did yesterday, too. Uh, so, really, it's, it's a very entertaining look not only at the game, but post-game and, and pulling it apart and now looking ahead to a Green Bay team that's without Aaron Rodgers. And that that's sad news for Aaron uh, and Packers fans. Although I don't think the Saints are, are showing a whole lot of sympathy after all the injuries they've endured as well. Nonetheless, we've got two great guests today to help us go through what we saw yesterday and what lies ahead. Obviously, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com stops in on this Monday. And we also get a special visit from Steve Weiss, who... Is an old friend of ours, obviously, from the NFL Network. He was at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome yesterday uh, covering the Saints and the Lions game, and also he's been bouncing around the league and has, a, uh, has the ability to give us that league-wide view or that, uh, that view from the network that we like to have. Sometimes when we're so local and so tied in with the team that we need a little uh, perspective from the outside, and that's what Steve will help us do today, certainly on the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans, meanwhile, have practiced today. They're going to do so at the Smoothie King Center. Tonight is the big pep rally. If you're catching our podcast here during the afternoon hours on Monday, we'll remind you that Lafayette Square is the place to be, 445 to 645 tonight. The Pelicans team will be out there, along with the Pelicans dance team, Pierre the Pelican, uh, Big Sam's Funky Nation's playing. There's going to be free food and free soft drink. And, oh, by the way, there's also a a nice announcement today as well uh, that the Pelicans will be making tonight at that pep rally to start opening week. So that's kind of the schedule for the Pelicans today. And then tomorrow there will be a practice and then travel to Memphis Wednesday. Our next blue report will kind of lift the lid on the uh, regular season with some guests specific to the matchup against the Grizzlies and also to the, uh, the start of the 82 game schedule for the, for the Pels. It is a busy week and, and they're all busy right now as we are overlapping the two teams for the next couple of months, so exciting stuff. So with that being said, I want to get right to our eggs today, get that expert, expert opinion and analysis on yesterday's Saints win, a win that has them over 500 during the regular season for the first time since 2013. Steve Weish, NFL Network, shortly. Up next, though, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com.
There are plenty of good reasons to attend the Sanderson Farms Championship. About 150,000 good reasons. Batson Children's Hospital, part of Children's of Mississippi, averages 150,000 patient visits a year. And each year, proceeds from the championship support these patients by donating to Friends of Children's Hospital. Last year, the championship raised over $1 million for Friends. So join us for the Sanderson Farms Championship, October 23rd through 29th at the Country Club of Jackson. Good reason for a great time. 50 years ago, a groovy new golf gig first teed off in Mississippi. The tournament now known as the Sanderson Farms Championship. To celebrate, join us October 23rd through 29th at the Country Club of Jackson for first-class golf, waves of fun, and 100% natural Sanderson Farms chicken, all to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. Don't miss this 50th anniversary celebration. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. John DeShazer jumps in with us here in Studio B for uh, our second segment of the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, obviously, we're going to lean on J.D. for his observations from yesterday and also for his thoughts on Sean Payton's uh, morning conference call today as well, uh, both of which were very interesting. Uh, hi, first of all. Oh, good to be here. Yeah, as uh, usual, yeah. off a win. Yes, after you spent almost five hours watching a football game yesterday. What in the heck did we see yesterday? I mean, it's great a win. I don't. But know. I'm still trying to get my arms around this well, thing. The turnover started happening, and then you know I get the change of possession, and then you had a couple of challenges, and you had a little bit of I think confusion from the officials, and it could it could always be worse because it could have been a college game where it stops on every first down. So at least we didn't have that. And uh, I guess when you're talking, you know, 52-38, it just kind of snowballs from there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I will say this. There was a lot of great moments yesterday, things that maybe I won't ever see again, certainly that I hadn't seen before in a football game. And then the post-game reaction from Drew Brees and Sean Payton and then even coached this morning a little bit, um, it was like a mixed bag. After a a fifty a win in which you put fifty two on the board, twenty one of which came via your defense. Well, let's let's be honest here now. Of course, coaches are always looking something to nitpick, especially in, in a win. So you know, because you don't want your team to get too high. However, there were enough things in that game to where if you're a coach or a player, you couldn't be totally pleased. Three turnovers in the second half, um, thirteen penalties, um, you know, a pick six, a punt return allowed for a touchdown. So there are enough, quote-unquote, teachable moments that will keep a coach's uh, notebook full for the week. And that, therefore, you know, yeah, your team is 1-3 straight. And yeah, you score 52. And yet you can look at them and say, okay, guys, what are we feeling so good about? Because look at this, look at this, look at this. These are all areas that can get you beat. Look, 13 penalties and two for 12 on third down for the Saints are two numbers that, and three turnovers, three turnovers, one of them for pick six, are numbers that usually get you beat. Now, the Saints were fortunate that on that day they were lights out defensively themselves with three defensive touchdowns for the first time in franchise history in a game, and also five sacks and five forced turnovers. So they kind of mitigated those circumstances by what they did, but there's enough there for Sean Payton and his staff to look his team in the eye and be honest and say we were somewhat fortunate because we made some mistakes that on a regular ordinary day 
we get beat. You can't count on forcing five turnovers a game. You can't count on three defensive touchdowns in a game. So those are some, some things that they can kind of lean back and say, okay, guys, we've got work to do and really be uh, true to, to their word about it. Okay, yep, fair, all fair. Um, how much of this yesterday is the fact that you did play a pretty decent football team who wasn't going to go away? Look, dude, I'm, I'm look here. Now, I'm talking about from a coach's perspective. Myself, I'm giddy because this is three straight. This is three and two. This is over 500 for the first time since 2013. So the ship appears to be heading in the correct direction. Right. Now, we've seen this Saints team. They hadn't won three straight, I think, since that um, 13 season. And certainly, again, we mentioned they haven't been over 500 since then. So we're talking about a team that's in the thick of it now. And it's a different feel when you're in the thick of it. Um, I think Carolina leads the NFC South at 4-2. and two. That's a half game ahead of the Saints. And, oh, by the way, the Saints already housed them in Carolina. So you've got that working in your favor. So, you know, myself – you know, there's nothing like the the like the feel of, of a team that's being successful and watching a team win three straight. So, hey, I know the coaches have a lot of things to nitpick about. Myself, nah. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm with you. And I and I thought the fact that you had something really good happen early. First of all, Thomas Morstead is a weapon. He pins him inside the five. You get the sack fumble, and it's on. I mean, it, it seemed like from that moment on, it was going to be your day. And this team does seem to snowball off of good things that happen early. We've seen it already in their three wins. Well, I'll, I'll say this in the three wins. We, we're seeing the defense that we saw in the preseason. And a lot of times you get a, a false positive off preseason. You see a team play well and they start the regular season and everything gets serious and everybody's playing their ones. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, my lion eyes were not with me during the preseason. And in the first two weeks – you know, we looked at those first two weeks against Minnesota and New England and said, mm, man, this could this could go bad. And those guys, you know, to their credit, stayed together, stayed with the game plan. And the corrections that they kept saying, you know, we got to communicate better. We just got to execute. And it sounds trite when they're saying it. And yet when we're seeing when the evidence of that happens, they look like a pretty good unit. Now, everybody says, you know, well, Carolina wasn't very good on offense on that on that Sunday, you know, they weren't this and they weren't that. And then Carolina comes up and they, you know, Cam Newton has two games of his life the next two weeks. And then you say, well, Miami isn't that great. And Jay Cutler's at quarterback and blah, blah, blah. And the Saints pitch a shutout. Well, Matthew Stafford's pretty good. He's rolling pretty good. And Detroit is a really good team, especially a team in terms of comeback. And the Saints were able to do it to them too. So, you know, I don't care who it is you beat. You, all, all you can beat is the team that's on your schedule. And whatever form they are in, that's what you have to beat on that Sunday. And the Saints have done it three Sundays in a row. And we've seen some Sundays where the Saints were beaten when they were pretty much depleted. So, you know, we ain't giving it back. <laughs> it's, good. Fair. it's interesting. Um, when you look at the numbers, you know, at the end of the game, and you say Drew Brees, okay. Willie Sneed, one catch. Mike Thomas, three catches, not for very much. Kobe Fleener, not a really a factor. Ingram, Kamara, uh, it, it seemed like uh, it just seemed like when when certain guys weren't having a great day, others did, and it was more balanced than we've seen as well. Is that because the running backs had such an impact yesterday? I think so. I mean, I think you know, one, the Saints were in a position to where you're ahead and you're ahead by such a phenomenal number, forty-five ten at one point, that. One thing you want to do is, you know, get some first downs, you know, hopefully score some points, and certainly eat some time off the clock. So 
yeah, you're going to run it probably a little bit more than, than you normally would. And it's good anytime you see the Saints be that balanced offensively. Uh, it's fantastic when you have a day where Drew Brees does not have to carry this team offensively and not have to carry this team completely. Uh, is not on his shoulders to, you know, throw four or five touchdowns to try to keep him in a shootout game. Uh, so this is something we have not seen since Drew Brees became a Saint where they put up 52 points or 35, 40 points or whatever it is where he wasn't really the center of the universe on offense where they pretty much were able to get it done in other ways and they got it done on on defense. And that's what this team is going to have to do. I mean, Drew Brees is going to the Hall of Fame. But this team can't win. They can't be successful unless they're more balanced. They've got to get be able to get some stops defensively. They've got to be able to protect uh, pressure the opposing quarterback. They've got to be able to create some turnovers, all of which they've been able to do the past three weeks. And so now the offense doesn't have to be superhuman because the offense really has not been fantastic in any of the three weeks. In the first half yesterday, they had three, had four consecutive scoring drives. Three of them were touchdown drives of 75, 75, and 69 yards. They looked like the Saints offense for a good part of the first half. And then it went bone dry in the second half. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much had to lean on the defense to kind of pull it out for them because they couldn't get up, they couldn't get any first downs. They couldn't stay on the field. They couldn't eat up any clock. And they left it in the defense's lap. And the defense said, okay, we got you. That's the kind of thing that has to encourage you because we've seen this offense operate for a long time around here. And we know they're not going to be in a funk for the entire season uh, so, yeah, the team scored, you know, 52, 31 of those came from the offense. Most of that came in the first half. This offense is going to at some point get on track for an entire game. But until they do, it looks like they've got enough defense to kind of balance it out for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're going in the right direction with with things still to be fixed. How about that? Yeah, that's and that's the way you want it. Okay. You'd much rather be talking about lessons to be taught in a win than in a loss. Absolutely. Coach Payton's conference call this morning with the media. What stuck out? Anything? Highlights given to me. Well, I mean, he, he certainly uh, reiterated how much he likes what he saw defensively, uh, was not pleased with the penalties and the turnovers, and, and you can't be as a head coach. because. And he mentioned, you know, look, we had a chance to do something, be first in NFL history in terms of not committing a turnover in the first five games and then a slew of them come in the second half. So he wasn't all that pleased about that. But, again, those are the moments that he's going to talk about that have to be cleaned up. And as a coach, you know, even if you, you play what fans and we might look at and say, man, that was a pretty clean game, there are always some moments from coaches that you look at and you say, you know what, we got a lot of things to clean up. He was pretty pleased about Teron Armstead's play. The plan was to, you know, rotate him in and get him out and, you know, get some snaps at, at tackle for Andrews Pete at left tackle and get Senio Kelamete in at left guard a little bit. But Teron Armstead sounds like, for the most part, held up extremely well. Didn't come out any worse for the wear, and that's great news for the Saints because they're going to need him. Uh, didn't want to have to play him you know, 75, 80 snaps, and they didn't play him 75, 80 snaps. So that's always a good thing to have. And, of course, you know, he was really pleased with the running game. I mean, Mark Ingram and, and Alvin Kamara really showed, showed up big yesterday. And, and a lot of that's attributable to the, to the offensive line, obviously. But those guys have talent. I mean, you know, you don't just run for, you know, the yards they ran. I think Mark went for 114 and Kamara went for 75. You don't run for the yards they ran for and the averages they posted and not be pretty good at what you do. I think um, I think the, the Adrian Peterson trade looks, uh, obviously, the immediate look is it's a win-win. Adrian Peterson went and had a fantastic game for Arizona. Uh, Kamara and Ingram had fantastic games for the Saints, and everybody's happy. I think in the long run, and maybe I'm just biased, 
uh, Adrian Peterson with that team in Arizona being structured the way they are at some point everybody's going to kind of gang up in the box and say okay beat us throwing it because now we're not going to let you run it the way that you you're accustomed to running it whereas the saints i think these guys are a little bit more multi-dimensional uh, we've seen alvin Kamara catch balls out of the backfield we know mark ingram can catch balls out of the backfield and now we know that alvin Kamara is also a track star he's a hurdler because you know <laughs> he went over he went over darius slay yesterday like Darius Slay was simply a barrier on a track or something. I mean, and landed perfect and kept running. So, I mean, you know, those guys have talent, you know, Mark and, and, and Alvin. And it's good to see, you know, a win-win situation. You know, this was not the place for Adrian Peterson, it turns out. After Kamara's drafted, all of a sudden the offensive flow changes and it's just not a good fit for, for Adrian Peterson anymore. And the Saints were able to not only get him to a place where, where he's going to be used more, but also extract a draft pick out of it. So, you know, it feels like a win-win right now. No, I, I totally agree. And I'm glad you mentioned Kamara and Ingram catching the ball yesterday too because on top of their rushing guards, they did have a chunk of receiving plays as well. So, good stuff. Interesting week coming up here. We're going to talk to Steve Weich in a moment. Uh, get a national view on this because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. But suddenly now, as you had put, you've gone from 0-2 so hopefully maybe you can be 2-2 two and two at the bye to now 3-2 and two coming out of the bye, and that game at Lambeau feels a little different now without Aaron Rodgers involved. Well, here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers isn't involved. And so now as a coach and a staff, you've got to not only get your guys' feet on the ground about a pretty nice game on Sunday, but you've got to get their feet on the ground and not exhale because Aaron Rodgers won't be playing because, you know, Brett Hundley – has been around that program for a few years now. And, yes, he's a young guy, and, yeah, he was rocky yesterday. But there isn't a ton of film film on him from the NFL. Now, you can go back to his UCLA days, and how useful is that going to be? I don't know. But there's not a lot of film on him, and so you don't have a great feel for all of his weaknesses and all of his strengths in the NFL. So the things that he wasn't good at at UCLA, he might be a lot better at now in the NFL. So, you know, that's one of those where you you don't necessarily go in totally blind, and yet there is a, an element of unknown with Brett Hundley that the Saints are going to have to kind of get a feel for and figure out quickly. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Good stuff. Crazy day yesterday. I'm yeah. glad you were here to help untangle some of it. It was something. Yeah. It was something. It really was. It really was. Good to be back home, that's for sure, too. Back home again against the Bears in two weeks and off to Lambeau here this week. As mentioned... Steve White, NFL Network, coming up for us in just a moment. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more. And always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit Pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. 
Welcome back. Speaking of welcoming back, we're pleased to welcome back our good friend Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. As promised, he's on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Not only to knock down some more about yesterday's wild Saints-Lions game, but also maybe perhaps a thought or two league-wide. Steve, welcome back, and it was great to see you in New Orleans yesterday. Hey, great seeing you too, man. And wow, what what kind of day was that? Well, <laughs> I have uh, never seen anything like that, man. Yeah, no, it, it, and for a game in regulation, it was the longest one I can ever remember, 90 points. I, as you untangle it, Steve, and as maybe you were flying back to Los Angeles last night, what did you think of what you saw yesterday? You know, it, it, it's really hard, like, let's say, in a nutshell. Um, but my, my big takeaway from it, though, is there are two. First off, okay, now, now you can't overlook the Saints anymore. You see what's happening with the rest of the NFC. You know Drew Brees in this offense, even though it wasn't great yesterday, you know they're going to consistently put up numbers and put up points. But defensively now, this is three weeks in a row, they've shown some creativity, um, they've shown excellent speed and playmaking ability. And let's think back to those Super Bowl team, the Super Bowl team of the Saints and, and the really good stretch. They were not necessarily a great defense in terms of yards allowed and things like that, but takeaways and big plays. And we saw that yesterday. You know, the, the fact that they were playing volleyball at the defensive line of scrimmage, batting down all those passes. They got the interceptions. I mean, the Cam Jordan play was absolutely fantastic because, you know, we, we saw that the Lions were on a roll right there. That really stemmed everything. Marshawn Lattimore looks good. So you look at the way the defense has played the past few weeks, and again, with the aggression that they're playing with, especially up front, I, I think you have to look at them now is a team that can really make hay in the conference. It's interesting to hear you say that, Steve, because, you know, obviously, and you know these, these parts very well, uh, among the, uh, down here in these parts, folks can drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. It's exciting to get uh, behind a team that's won three straight for the first time since 2013. And, and you can't help but be a little cynical, though, at the same time and say, is this for real? And so, Correct. And, and, and that's why you saying this makes you want to say, Perhaps it is. I don't know. Yeah, look, I, you know, I, I don't think me saying it necessarily validates anything, and I do think there's still a little let's wait and see because they did play a Miami team that's not very good. They did play a beat-up Lions team, but you know what? They took apart a pretty good Carolina team. And again, it is the way that they are playing. The one thing that's great about what I do is I get to see a lot of teams, and you know when you're seeing a team that's clicking. You, you know you're seeing a team that's on the come-up. And you know when you're seeing a team that's, you know, at some point they're going to absolutely fall on their face. I don't see the Saints <clears throat> being one of the teams now, I'm sorry, <clears throat> that is fool's gold. I think they've got some great signs. I mean, look at some of the things they're doing strategically. The way they're moving Cam Jordan up and down the line to scrimmage, the way the Seahawks use Michael Bennett. Look at the way they're flying to the ball on defense. And then look at what Teron Armstead did in limited action yesterday. He was washing defenders off the line of scrimmage. We didn't hear Ziggy Anson. Some of these guys mentioned yesterday. So, again, there are things that look really good in some of the interior foundation aspects of this team that I think are, are going to provide some staying power. I mean, we know some of the skill position guys, Ingram and Drew Brees and Kamara and Mike Thomas, who didn't have a great day, but he's a good player. We know those guys are going to deliver. But, again, some of the foundation pieces, I think the, the way they are trending, are why the Saints, you know, again, still a little wait and see right there, but, you know, they're, they're on the radar now. 
Steve, when you look ahead now, obviously with Aaron Rodgers' injury, we're gonna we're gonna marry two things here. Perhaps the biggest story in the NFL yesterday, and the fact that the Saints will see them next week at Lambeau Field. What lies ahead for these Saints, and maybe um, as a part of that for the Packers as well and the rest of the NFC? Well, the Packers are gonna rally. I mean, that that's the one thing. The Saints better know that when they face Green Bay next week, they're not necessarily facing a team that's saying. Oh God, we lost Aaron Rodgers. You know, this is a team with a coaching staff, a lot of veteran players who are like, okay, Aaron's not here. We know what we're up against. Um, yeah, we're going to have to come to a different style of football, and the defense is going to step up, but no one's going to feel sorry for us. So, you know, again, the Saints. This is a game you look on paper. Hey, the, the Packers have no Aaron Rodgers. They should win this football game. This is the game where the defense needs to really make another statement. Hmm because they are playing a young quarterback with not much experience. They are playing a team that doesn't run the ball very well. So make a statement right here. And, and that's, that's what's important when I talk about these foundational building blocks to add another brick to that wall. And on a more global stage, Steve, does the Aaron Rodgers injury, and I know it's only one player, but he is Aaron Rodgers, does this throw the door wide open in the NFC in a lot of ways? It does. It really does. I mean, because Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this is even talking to coaches and teammates and former teammates, he cleans up so many mistakes. I mean, no team asked more of their quarterback to win ball games than Green Bay does with Aaron Rodgers. And you see how many miraculous plays he makes, you know, the weekend and week out, season in and season out to keep them in playoff contention. So, you know, you look at some of the other teams right now, some good records like Minnesota, and you're saying, okay, how long is Case Keenum going to keep winning ball games behind this great defense? until he turns into Case Keenum. You know, you know at some point that carriage is going to turn into a pumpkin. Um, you know, Philadelphia looks like a genuine contender. We don't really know what Washington is. Atlanta, I mean, if they could play only first half of football games, it'd be a Super Bowl team again. But they look terrible in the second half this season. Um, Tampa Bay is not, at this point, not what we thought they were going to be. So I'd say, you know, you look at the one team that's got some experience, um, especially building – you know, to the middle part of the season, and that's Seattle. I think Seattle's a team you have to look to as, okay, this is a team we're going to have to to knock off at the top of the hill. But the Rams look legit Mm -hmm. right now, but will they look legit in Week 16 and Week 17? So it's all wide open right now. I mean, again, every team seems like they're, they're traveling along just fine, but there's a trap door along the way so it's absolutely wide open in the nfc yeah well said well said steve weish steve have a great show on the nfl network this afternoon i will be watching you all week long and and certainly great to catch up with you it always is in person and of course here on the telephone as well same way sean you take care thank you sir steve weish nfl network one of our favorites covering the game on a national level and uh, that's a great way to wrap up a good monday show of plenty of analysis and looking ahead too as as far as green bay and New Orleans goes this weekend. Thanks again to J.D. as as, um, as his stop was uh, most needed today with all that there was to talk about with regarding yesterday's game. All right, don't forget the Saints, are, or excuse me, the Pelicans have their rally today at Lafayette Square. As I told you earlier, that's 445 to 645 tonight. Team, dance team, mascot, live music, free food, free soft drink. It'll be great. It's great when you start off NBA opening week. Uh, The games, by the way, in the NBA start tomorrow night. The Pelicans will open at Memphis on Wednesday. Wednesday is our next Black and Blue Report as well. We'll have a great show for you. We'll go heavy on Pelicans opening day and also get your new Saints week started too. 
It's going to be a fun, fun week. Oh, and enjoy the fall weather, by the way, if you're with us in the Gulf South. We'll take it. That'll do it for us on this Monday. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon.